Welcome back to the Children of the Perfect Storm podcast. My name is Nick Winnenberg. I am producer and co-host of the podcast. And today we have a very special episode as we're actually here at the launch party for the Children of the Perfect Storm event. So we're going to go through and interview all the different nonprofits that are currently at this event and make sure they're shouted out both on the podcast and also in the link of the description below. Check them out here. Neighborhood house with the backyard swing A loving family, here's everything Every child deserves to live a life this way And I pray for the day when every kid can see Just a kid with a life full of love Trust and faith in God above a home that I can always run to With a family I know I'll never lose I'm a kid full of life, of friends holding A fairy tale happy ever after Doing well in school that empowers me So I can be who I'm meant to be Hi, I'm Evangeline Duvall, and this is the Children of the Perfect Storm official launch. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. So Children of the Perfect Storm is an effort to um, bring a lot of different voices of other of nonprofits around the tri-state that are working with children in at-risk at children or children that have been through trauma or both, and in an effort to make all of our little voices a louder voice because we have children in this this state that are really suffering and especially since covid things have really magnified the perfect storm was covid and we have thousands and thousands and thousands of children that need help they need someone to see them they need someone to listen to them and just know that they're there because they deserve um they deserve a bright future and they're not going to be able to do it without our help and inter- intervention and you're joined also in your segment by two guests. You want to introduce your guests real quick? I am. So, uh, Laura Calhoun, which is um, my co-conspirator in Children of the Perfect Storm, <laughs> for sure. I liked it. And our great friend, Dan Varner, who is, um, who is the president of the Varner Foundation for Children and Families, one of the foundations I'm the executive director of, and Laura sits on that board as well. So... We Thank work the Lord together for that. a lot. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like a thorn between two roses here. I know on the podcast they can't see us or tell how we're uh, situated, but um, these two lovely ladies on each side of me are the reason that I am involved. And I get to, uh, I, you know, I get the benefits of seeing what we do together and the rewards that brings us. And I want to thank each and, and uh, every one of you for that appreciate you oh thank you dan we absolutely love working with you and we're also releasing a song tonight too right yes we are can you tell me a little bit background about the song i would love to so we were at a event actually one of our board members uh brent colhep was um becoming casa so he's getting sworn in and we got to watch this video of this lovely young lady tell her story about you know obviously a rough story about uh, abuse and she was a writer, very creative growing up. And she always, well, she said she wanted to be a songwriter. So, of course, you know, I'm sitting there listening to her. I'm, you know, that perks me up. And I'm like, wow. I never, like me personally, I never thought about being a songwriter 
at that early age. And through all the abuse that she, she uh, suffered, um, she gave it up, quit writing, lost that creativity. And it was one of those things, I'm like, wow. And it just, it just hit me. It hit me hard. And I remember going home that night and uh, going to bed and uh, sleeping on it and waking up with a song in my head. And it was because of her, because of her story. It was that inspiration for me. And I don't write a lot of songs. Van's always like, write a song, write a song. Uh, is that not how it's, it works? You can't just be like, yeah. hey, he write a song. I'm like, okay, <laughs> here's a hit. You know, <laughs> Only if it was that easy, right? Yeah. So I told her I'd write a song when it comes to me. And that was the night it, it, it came to me. And uh, it was called Just a Kid. And the words in that song really come from my experiences going around and, and talking and listening with these two ladies here. Uh, before before Varner Foundation really uh, grabbed hold and, and it took ground, we uh, we got to go around and talk to everybody and hear everybody's stories. So she would you know drag me around here and there, and I got I got to learn a lot about foster care and kinship care. Um, and it was that and those stories you hear like in my song talks about a forever home. That was always what these kids would talk about having a forever home, and that means so much to them. Obviously, it means so much to anybody, but I never had that experience. I didn't get to witness that or hear those stories until going around with Fan and Laura and, uh, and listening. So it was that listening that I was learning. And between that listening and learning, that's where the song came. I love that. It's a great story. And can you run me through a little bit of the Varner Foundation, too? Because I know that sure. you're also the founder of the Varner Foundation. I'm one of the founders here with uh, Mr. Evangel- Mrs. Evangeline Bull. <laughs> she, uh, we actually, we did... Being a musician, we were doing a show. How many years ago was that, Van? That uh, we did a fundraiser for you. It's actually five years. You speaking to the mic, Van? It was actually five years today. <laughs> who's keeping track, though? Right. But who's, who's keeping, keeping track? track? Right. Yeah, where? Um, so the Exchange Club, Eastern Hills Exchange Club, was doing a uh, benefit for Nest Community Learning Center, which is another nonprofit that I started eight years ago. And I'm the executive director um, for, and they invited Dan Varner to speak to sing at this benefit. And it was at the Redmore, exactly August 25th, 2018. Wow. Um, and we have some funny stories that came out of that. However, <laughs> no. We have a lot can of I funny tell stories. it? Can I tell the story about when you got there? You were going to tell it anyways. Yeah, I was. <laughs> so, so. Dan has a huge, first of all, he's a country music amazing person and singer and songwriter. I did never liked country music at all. And so I, oh I, I didn't. <laughs> I, did, I liked a little feels. bit of she Alabama. No, I liked a little bit of right Alabama. She likes you so so uh, we're down there, and Dan took his kids to school. So he arrived a little late, um, a couple of days before the event, so that we could walk through everything and make sure we knew what we were doing. And in through the doors comes Dan, strolls in, and he's like six he four, right? So he's taking it he, as he's come in. And I turn around and went up and extended my hand, and I said, hi, I'm Van. And he said, I'm Dan. And I said, oh. And he goes, Dan Varner. I went, oh. And you're like, is that supposed to mean something? Like, I don't know. I I she said, Van. I said, hey, I'm Van. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm Dan. Well, good conversation. <laughs> right. I'm going to head out now. I know. I feel like no, it's it, I, Where's the I green room? We <laughs> laugh all the time about how he thought I every that he was surprised I didn't know who he was. Well, not at all. Yeah, I know. No. 
Um, is that humbling for you? No. She should know who I am. I know. Right. Sir. And here we are all these years later, and Dan has get, um, I appreciate country music a lot more than I did. And um, I've learned that these two people that are sitting next to us have a real heart for these kids. Laura was a CASA for a very long time. I don't know if you said that because I can't hear it. Um, but and we that's how we got to know each other because we were all serve, she and I were serving in the trenches in different capacities with our at-risk kids and we used to tell Dan all these stories as he said and um, Dan just decided that he well, had to do something what I'd, I'd always ask her what else right. can I do what else can right. I do besides right. you know doing these fundraisers and playing for her right and uh, obviously raising money and then she did say put your money where your mouth is and that's you know, I was like, what does that mean? Where where can I help in foster care, kinship care? It started out foster care. Um, these days, it's probably 90% kinship that we help. Probably the, I, the work that you do is amazing, too. I mean, just Thank hearing you. some of the stories that Van and Laura share on the podcast. I mean, I think the story that gets me the most is the car seat story yeah. that, that you've yes. done. Like, that one's a Van, hard one. Yeah, Van tells yeah. that story the best. She's a great, I mean. I'm Rose, a good storyteller. She is. She's kind of like, she's like, I can't sing like the closer. Darn. We should you sell know? her a podcast, I feel. No, I can't sing worth a darn. And Laura is amazing with the written word. But I'm the storyteller. I feel like you could probably sing. Have we ever tried to do like a collaboration between the two of you? You know, we can try tonight. I feel like that's Live. the only natural thing. With what? With, up here. You want to sing? Are you kidding? You can duet. It'll be fantastic. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Well, tonight we'll I find out. I don't know what out. that means. That's, I'm, to- I'm tone deaf. We'll turn up the reverb. It's going to be great. I'll tell right. you what. I'll sing if you ben, dance you can with do me. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. <laughs> Laura, how did you get pulled into this trio? Sorry, Larry. Oh, I'm questioning some choices at the moment. No. Uh, actually, when I, I still do volunteer with CASA, and I had a child that had a need, and the Varner Foundation was just getting started up. I had met Van a little bit before the Varner Foundation started up and was talking to her about the Varner Foundation, and she was saying, we need to spend some money. We have this money. We've just started out. And I said, I've got something for you. And so I met her, met Dan, and we did a grant request for one of my kids and it was successful and it it was life-changing and we've talked about it it was the on the podcast it was a little guy who needed a high chair right to feel safe and so that's how it started and we would collaborate a little more and a little more and then van said we're gonna have an advisory board it's not a big commitment oh she did the same thing to me to get me in the nest yeah uh-huh. it's gonna be like a one night a month how hard could it yeah. be right, you know do you get the same thing yeah Fishing yeah. Oh, thing she does. Yeah. Wasn't very so, long after that it, it became a full board seat, <laughs> but uh, I haven't regretted it for a moment. It's been the the perfect thing to the perfect next step for me, and what I wanted to do to get more outreach going. So you know I'm in Claremont County with these little guys, and I love it. But the Varner Foundation's reach is just ever growing, and it right. is the perfect way for us to take things to the next level. I love it. And Van, what's the purpose of tonight's event specifically? Before we let you off the podcast, you can go network again. So my hope and my prayer is that people are going to walk around and talk to all these different nonprofits and get some of their stories about what they do and and how they do it and the kids that they touch. I want everybody that comes in and has a good time, but I want them going home with a story um, about what they've heard about the kids that we're working with in the tri-state. 
we're in a lot of trouble, these kids in the tri-state, for a lot of different reasons, 71, 75. I can guarantee you as we're sitting here, there are children being trafficked up there for sex. Um, I can guarantee you uh, just sitting here that less than half a mile from here, somebody's being abused. I can guarantee you that half a mile from here, there's a child that's going hungry. These are our kids. This is, this is not okay. And so we need to start being a louder and louder voice so that people can, we finally, these children finally can be heard. And it won't stop here, it just starts here. And it's probably a little seed and hopefully it'll grow and grow and grow. But I want, to, I want Children in the Perfect Storm to be a name that is recognized as that voice for these kids. I, well, I just want to say Dan's song is going to be available for a while. All the proceeds are going to the Varner Foundation. And I think it's really important that we let yes. people know how to get the song. Yeah, thanks, Laura. Um, so you can actually, uh, it's its out there right now and on all platforms, so wherever you get your music. Um, the thing I would like people to do is they can go to my website, danvarner.com, and they can click on that. There's a link on there to click on. And I will, I will repost it so people can just, it, this link will take you right to it. And they can decide if they can download it for free, for a penny, for a dollar whatever they want to give, I will give that money 100% straight to the Varner Foundation for children and families to go to help the, the, uh, the kids and families in need. I appreciate it. So I'd rather them do that. I mean, it, it's one thing, be, I, can, I can get into Spotify and all that, being a musician, and it's, we you know, it, it's a great thing. You pay a subscription, you get all the music free, quote, quote. Um, but it would really help if you would buy it or donate because, like I said, anything that comes into Varner Foundation, not even for that song, but any money that comes in, 100% goes out. Nobody gets paid. Um, that's what, And that's what I love about our board. Um, they're all working professionals, and they have a, the, being a working board is different than most boards because they all have roles to play. And um, Van is the, uh, the leader of that board as the uh, executive director, and Laura has, has uh, kind of shown we're going through kind of a little bit of a restructure what she's put together for us, um, it just it, it makes sense, and it's going to be an easier transition moving into next year, and even finishing this year. So yeah, we look forward to uh, obviously bigger and better things, and and, and uh, keeping the snowball rolling bigger and bigger. And we'll make sure we link that in the description below. It's all going to be the yeah. donate link too, not like the free yes. links as well, <laughs> just the donate. Link. Right. We'll make it hard for it. There you go. Yeah, the ones turn around here is, is for any platform. So yeah, I appreciate that. So welcome to Children of Perfect Storm podcast. You guys mind introducing yourselves? Very good. I'm Scott Conley, and I'm the executive director of Empire Youth. Awesome. And I'm Brenda Conley, Scott Conley's wife. Oh, nice. <laughs> and what is Empower Youth? So Empower Youth is a community-based initiative uh, really there to help students break the chains of generational poverty. Oh, cool. So how does that typically yeah. work? So it really starts, we, we work with kids from kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, one of the things that we do for kindergartners and all the school districts that we serve is something called Dream Big. Uh, Dream Big, uh, we come into the schools, uh, we give them a brand new pillow, uh, a tie-dye pillowcase, and a book about dreaming big. Uh, through doing that, uh, we talk to students about different goals or dreams and stuff like that, things they'd like to see changed in the world. Uh, and, you know, pre-COVID, one of the things that we've seen, and in the beginning it's kind of funny, but it, when you step back, it's actually kind of troubling. Uh, probably 75% of the kids wanted to be something that wasn't real. 
They wanted to be uh, fairies and unicorns and monkeys and stuff like this. But the one really cool thing is, is the state of Ohio must have changed something with the curriculum, even with kindergarten, to where it starts relating their their lessons and stuff to different careers, jobs, and oh, goals. Cool. So this year, we actually had one kindergarten class where three of the kids want to be engineers. This is kindergarten. At kindergarten? No one's so like, it was awesome. Be, I'm like, I'm wow. going to be a CPA, right? <laughs> like, oh, man, let's do this. Yeah. So I love that. So that's a major change you're seeing. And I love the fact that you're going to the schools and having these real conversations with these kids. Where did this all start? When did you do how you were inspired to do this so it really started uh, my late wife she was a children's minister and when we started visiting the parents and the kids and stuff in their homes uh, we started noticing that things weren't as they appeared you know you go past these homes that look beautiful on the outside all to find out that they've turned them into like apartment buildings and in fact one uh, family that we went to visit was a single dad and when we went to uh, go to the house, we found out that they were actually living in a cellar, like not a basement, but a cellar. And, uh, you know, people used to go to church. That's where the poor and the middle class and the wealthy would come together. But where does that really happen at now? Where does that happen where everybody comes together? So through that, we decided we was going to do something called picnics in the park. Uh, we have different bands and stuff volunteer their time. Uh, we have churches and businesses donate all the food. And these kids look so forward to it. It's every Wednesday all summer long at Burke Park in Bethel. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So yeah. it's really cool. We do their national night out. They actually move it back a night to fall on our week. So then we'll have bounce houses and stuff like that, too. But uh, the kids really look forward to it. Toward the end of school, they start getting so excited and talking to their teachers about it and stuff. So, I mean, it's their summer vacation. Nice. Now, and it's very interesting because you said you're in Bethel for a lot of your yes. programming. So you're starting to get in that rural area. And rural and urban poverty look very different. Very much so. So can you walk me through some of the experiences and the learning adjustments? So when you were starting to work with these families, some of those aha moments for you? Yeah. So, again, you start having people that's out in the middle of nowhere, kind of pushed in these tight areas of all poverty. You stick them in these pools of poverty, and these kids and their friends and their neighbors are all in that same pot. So... That's where it's really important for people to step up and try to make a, an impact on these kids' lives and start pulling these out of the, them out of these environments and, and, and to open up opportunities, even just mentally, just opportunities and stuff that's around that, that they don't even notice. Like we had one student, and I asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up, and he said, you know, I want to work at McDonald's. And I'm like, you know what, that's awesome you want to work at McDonald's, but why would you want to work at McDonald's? He said, because that's where my mom works. Yeah. And I'm thinking, son, there's so much bigger than what this town is and stuff. And to be able to open their, their minds to different opportunities outside the town that they're in, the small town, um, that's pretty cool to be able to do that. And I think that that helps break down that generational poverty as well. I love that. And I love the fact that you're, you focus so much on the job. And we actually, on the, other, on the other side of our lives, we own a staffing and recruiting firm. So we help people find jobs, help companies find people. And I mean, truly, the, the, a job and having an opportunity like that is the best social program you could ask for. So empowering these kids to think about their futures at such a young age, I'm sure yes. that has a massive impact long term. Mm -hmm. So how do people find out more about you if they want to get involved, if they want to volunteer? Yeah, so uh, we do have a Facebook presence. And for those who don't uh, have Facebook or whatever downloaded that, on our website at empoweryouth.net. If you scroll down to the bottom, you don't have to log in or anything. You're able to actually pull up uh, what we have going on and stuff on Facebook. And if you want to 
connect with us on Facebook, that's that's good as well. I love that. That's fantastic. Cool. Do you have a business card by any chance? And I'll throw your information on that episode do, description. Yeah. All right, sweet. I'll grab that from you. Is there anything else you want to talk about for your episode? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I think right now, too, one of the biggest things that I really want to focus on, like the biggest part of our mission right now is doing weekend food packs. Mm. And right now we're in three counties. We wow. served... Last year, we ended serving 1,100 kids every weekend, weekend food packs. 1,100? 1,100. From ca- that 15 to 1,100 now. A week. That's a lot of food. A lot of food. And that's really hard, especially when some of the uh, breaks in that after COVID had went away. Um, the food prices went way up. So it's, uh, it's a struggle to be able to take care of those, those needs. But uh, right now, that's the biggest part of our mission. But I really want to focus on what we have coming up with um, the Claremont County Juvenile Detention Center. I really want to work with the youth there and make them part of our internship program that we have. And, and again, just being able to, to get them exposed to uh, small college visits. To uh, We had a military person who served in all four branches and currently in special ops saying, this is what the military did for me, but this is what a recruiter can promise you, and this is what they can't. Right. And then also we have, like I say, entrepreneurs in the area who will also speak with the kids in that. And we also want to extend that to um, vocational type skills because we have a lot of partners in HVAC, welding, Please. concrete. Yes. <laughs> so that way when these kids are getting ready to make a decision, whether it's military, whether it's college or whether it's in the workforce, they already have a little bit of experience and a little bit of knowledge to make a good decision. Welcome to your building. I oh, yeah. feel weird. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to my Thank you for bringing us yeah. into your wonderful building. Yeah. But we are here tonight at the Oakley Kitchen. And what part of town are we technically in? Are we in Oakley? We are in Oakley. Nice. Yeah, we're right down from Madison Bowl, which is an iconic, that's usually the place everyone, point of reference, that and Crossroads now. Those are I like know. the two big it's crazy. landmarks. We've taken over like half of the city, I yeah. swear. Mm-hmm. Even like Eastgate, so we have a location in Eastgate, yes. and it's like that entire branch is I used to work for Crossroads. Jungle at the Eastgate. Are we the same person? I, I feel like we just follow <laughs> each other around quite a bit. But anyway, so we're here with Joey Taylor. And Joey Taylor, what's your official role here? I am uh, the director of events, um, festivals, and catering. So, And first, thank you so much for opening up this beautiful venue to Children of the Perfect Storm and allowing us to use this for the event. I know you have a heart for this kind of program as well. But can you tell me about a little bit about this venue and the story behind Oakley Kitchen? Yeah, so Oakley Kitchen opened a little over two years ago. Um, it's a food commissary, so that's kind of a hot up-and-coming concept right now. Um, you know, we have Element Eatery down the street. There's another food commissary, Factory 52, opening up down that, the other end of, the, uh, of uh, Madison. But basically, I see this as we're an incubator. So everything here is its own business. Oh, okay. So every restaurant, those are up and coming chefs. Um, then you've got the upstairs, which we just underwent a million dollar renovation upstairs. So this did not look anything like this. And it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Like, I want to get married yeah. in this building. Is that strange? Like, I'm already no. married. But no, like, I have I couples that are like, we want to get married this year. I'm like, usually this happens a year or two now. <laughs> but um, so we underwent uh, the renovation. I came on board in January. Um, and the idea, so the event center is its own business. Okay. Each restaurant is its own business. We also house Campfire Foods Group. Oh, cool. So Campfire Foods, um, they package and distribute uh, Eli's Barbecue to Kroger's. Oh, nice. And then we also have the 80 Acres account. We do so distribution for them as well. You really are kind of an incubator for the food we service are. space. In the we area. are. So the, so the building, like when this came to fruition, um, the idea was that all of these chefs, I mean, there's so many caterers and restaurants that are cooking out of their homes. They're trying, you know, brick and mortar, that, it's expensive. Yeah. So if they have a pod here, 
they furnish the pod, and then that's how they get their start. So a lot of times when restaurants move on from here, it's because they did get the brick and mortar, which is awesome, which right. is great. And that's so. your vision. So your vision is to help these small yes. as they kind of scale up into yes. the bigger operations. But I don't want to lose our diversity here either. Like right. we've, had a, we've had a very wide range of um, menus, and I, I hope that we, we strive to keep that. that. And what I think is most interesting about Cincinnati is it's a very foodie city. Everyone's a foodie and everyone is into craft beers. <laughs> exactly. They're all foodies. Yeah. So it's so cool that you have a space like this to allow those young entrepreneurs to start kind of getting into it. And it's cool because doing an event here now, I get to work with all those chefs. Mm. So they all get their, their their shot at catering. They get to see what that looks like. And it's it's almost like mentoring them too because a lot of them have never catered before. So right. it's, you kind of, I'm walking them through how to do that. Um, but then we also launched catering on DoorDash. So oh, wow. now companies, organizations can, I can send them this link and they can order literally from five different restaurants oh my God. on one ticket, which That's is awesome. really cool. Well, and I think it's such a unique area and this is such a young area, especially like the Oakley High Park space. Mm. So how much of your demographic do you think is that young professional space versus everyone else? 80. 80. Really? It's high. Yeah. yeah. It's high. But it, it it's makes very sense, diverse. It's, it's very eclectic. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's um, That's one of the reasons I came here. Like, you, you don't... You don't get that experience just anywhere. And I think that's, you know, when you do your sales pitch, your elevator pitch, that's what separates us from a lot of the other event venues. Like we're yeah. a totally different, unique concept. Yeah. And with Children of the Perfect Storm, I mean, that's what this podcast is that we're going to be recording mm -hmm. for tonight. Looking at that episode, we really want to focus around like the cause. And I know that when you originally talked to Van, I mean, if Van talks to a brick wall, the brick wall will cry. Mm -hmm. So what is it that made you interested in helping out with this event? So I think, and she and I talked about that. So it, I think there's a big difference. I'm learning there is a difference between children in need and children in crisis. Mm -hmm. Children in crisis is a whole nother level of what she deals with on a day-to-day -day basis, every day, all day. And as a mom, you know, I have a son in junior high. I have one at the you know, intermediate. I have another one that's in elementary. The world has changed yeah. since I was a kid. Yeah. Like it's totally, the conversations are totally different. Mm -hmm. um, knowledge is power mm -hmm. so it's it's learning about all these different organizations and I and I do want to say what makes this event so awesome to me is that these aren't the big guys these are the little agencies and organizations that literally run off of volunteers and donation dollars but they're in the trenches every single day um, they don't get the recognition that a lot of the other ones get you know right. I and I hear Evangeline when she talks about the grant writing and all that she does to try to um, give some of the you know give a voice to this um, and she's up against a lot like that's tough stuff well and it's and, amazing because I mean there's eight figure budgets out there yeah. in this space right but the yeah. idea that all of these organizations are small mom prop focused local yes. instead of having this macro focus and yes. you know every dollar you're giving to one of these organizations that we're highlighting tonight is yes. going to the kids yes. or it's going and that to and the that's area. that's the least we could do and the owners of Oakley Kitchen it wasn't even a question so every all proceeds are going to these organizations Oakley Kitchen is not there's no rental there's no that was our way of saying yep we absolutely believe in what you're doing we want to be a part of what you're doing how can we help and, and that's, if that's what this is then that's what it looks like for that's us that's so special thank you for so much for doing that yeah all right well welcome back to children of the perfect storm podcast i am here with two wonderful guests from the buckeye ranch can you guys introduce yourself a little bit what the buckeye ranch does Sure. My name's Jessica Thompson. I'm the manager of foster care in our Cincinnati location for Buckeye Ranch. My name is Cheryl Hoskins. I'm the licensing recruiting specialist for the Buckeye Ranch. So a big part of my job is to find great families for kids. 
Nice. That's fantastic. And what's the total purpose of Buckeye Ranch? What's the vision behind it? Yeah, so our tagline is that we raise hope. Um, so what that really means is that we have a line of services that are working with youth and families to provide hope and healing. So in Cincinnati, that looks like a foster care and adoption program. So we're always looking for safe and caring homes for children in need of a foster care placement when they can't remain with their family. Nice. I love that. And how did you both get involved with the program? Well, I actually recruited Buckeye. I was a 20-year foster parent, and I saw their sign, walked into their office, and said, I'm going to work for you because I know the flip side of it. And it worked? You're just like, all right, cool, yeah, you start Monday. <laughs> I, I put in an application. It wasn't that long. I did my interview, and I love my role because, for me, when I reach out to people, I can give them both sides of the right, coin now. Right, And you said 20 years as a foster 20 parent? 20 years as a foster so parent. So I know our audio engineer already made this joke, but thank you for your service. Thank you. I can't imagine. That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids, and some of them I still have relationships with. Yeah. I mean, how many kids? Do you have the tally? Like, do you keep track of I have been a foster mom to 31 children, and I have forever children. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 31 children. 31 children. So, I mean, that, that takes an emotional tool, right? I mean, that's that's both, it's amazing, but I'm sure it's also difficult too, right? The hardest part is, you know, the goal of foster care is always reunification. Right. But as a foster parent, that's hard. For me, I had to learn to develop relationships with families because it's, the more you support the kids and the better support they have, you become supportive to their families too. So I've learned that it's an extension. Sure. It's like having a big family. Sure. And with that, do you see that converting back to Buckeye, like that skill set? Is that a similar relationship that you're trying to build through the organization? Absolutely. We want families, number one, we want kids to have great families. And secondly, we want to understand the goal of foster care is always reunification. And if we can find families to partner with biological families, it's great for the kids. It's a win-win. Right. Yeah. I love that. And looking at that, is it true that we're at a huge shortage for foster families right now in Ohio? There's a shortage. We could always use, especially for the teens, we could always use great foster parents, um, single parents, um, grandparents, relative care. There are a lot of kids that need help. So, yeah. But for the older kids, that seems to be the challenge. And we're going to get it done. And when does Buckeye step into the equation? Yeah, I can, I can take that one. So we uh, have contracts with the county. So Ohio is unique in that it's one of six or nine states that are county run. So uh, there are 88 counties in Ohio, and there are 88 different ways of doing things. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. That's a nightmare. Um, so... Uh, or an opportunity. Oh, even better. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so we uh, at, at Buckeye Ranch, we our headquarters is in Columbus. So sure. we have foster care and adoption up in Columbus. So really, we're all the way from Hamilton County and the surrounding counties. So we're all the way out in Highland, Clinton, Claremont, Butler, Warren, Hamilton, County, and then right. Brown, and then up um, through Dayton up into Columbus and those surrounding counties too. So uh, we have lots of different contracts with lots of counties. And so 
It's the county agency's job to take referrals from the public or, you know, when people say call 241kids or call and report. If you have a concern about a child, they take those concerns and they try to work with the families. And foster care is really the last option. Like they, we try to, we want families to stay whole. And so um, they try to circumvent foster care, but then if, if a foster home is needed, they reach out to agencies like the Buckeye Ranch uh, and say, do you have a home for this child? This is what's going on. And then that's where we come in and we say we have, you know, we have these homes that are ready to take a child. And then you kind of play the middleman at that point to connect those. So from a foster parent perspective, how do you make that match? What, do you, what kind of impacts are you looking for to see if it's going to work or not? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the process is a long one. And um, I'm sure Cheryl can talk from her personal experience, <laughs> and 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 now she's licensing the homes. But um, so there is a state form that has to be filled out. There's a lot of paperwork. I like to say that there are three different steps. There's a training piece, a paperwork piece, and then an interview piece sure. to that home study. But um, so after people get through that process, then they also have a child characteristic checklist. So a common myth is that you have to take any child, right? So some people are like, I mean, I could take like a seven-year-old, but I don't want a newborn, or I don't think I'm ready for a teenager. And so the good news is you get to decide oh, what nice. you feel like your skills are. And then we also, it's a collaborative process with the licensing specialist to talk through kind of what we see, your strengths. And then when the county sends over the referral for the child, they're saying, this is what's going on. And so we just put together all of that information and we also use a software system that helps us with that, that helps us identify, you know, which homes are the closest to the child's school or community. Um, and so we, we really take care in that matching process so that um, the child isn't just being shuffled from one situation to another. We want the parents to feel prepared to take this child in. And the other piece of that is we have an excellent training program that helps with that as well. That's amazing. And looking at some of the impacts and some of the stories you have, what's been the, the biggest foster success that you guys have had recently? Does anything come to mind? I think for me, success as a foster parent is you put in your time. Ignore it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just a duct tape. It keeps falling. You put in your time. You invest a lot in kids. And the reward is when they grow and they're able to reunify. Sure. Um, that's always the goal. It's hard. Yep. But um, that's our mission. We are trying to strengthen families and heal families. So when they can go home to their biological families, it's a win-win, and it's it's hard. It is, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know you've made that impact. You've made you, impact. Right, mm -hmm. and you've had those relationships. And you said you're even close to a lot of the, the kids that you've kind of worked with before Yes, in the past, after too. they've gone home, you know, you still reach out. They still reach out. The parents still reach out. That's when you know it's a win. And they can use agencies. Even when kids go home, they can still call the agency and get support and get referrals for services. So it's... You know, I think those are the successful things. I love that. And first off, thank you both so much for what you're doing with this population. I know it's not easy, but without you guys fighting that good fight, we're doomed. 
and looking at the children of the perfect storm side of it too like that's that's i know Bane's vision behind all this is is what is the children of the perfect storm what are these kids dealing with so have you guys noticed anything changed over the past i mean how long you been a foster parent for i was a foster parent for 20 years so So, for me the biggest change is the training Um, okay way back when you didn't get the extensive training you didn't get you didn't get the history of the kids you didn't get um, the county ran everything and now we've got agencies like Buckeye Ranch that take the time to walk you through the process train you um, give you the tools and resources you need so you're successful it's so you know it's not a 30-day process um, when you're licensed as a foster parent it, there are steps that you have to get to like Jeff said and and I think that's the biggest change for me because way back when it was just kind of like take a couple classes and, and here's and you a get kid the call. you get to go right <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there's more preparation now so that's definitely a big change yeah I'll say on the on the kids side of things we've definitely seen things change obviously heroin hit Cincinnati really hard and that was a huge change in the system before that meth in like 2007 hit at pretty hard and that was a change in the system I think now we're still learning what COVID did. Oh, it's bad. Um, we're still learning what happened when we had less eyes uh, on children, when we had less helpers out there identifying the needs of children and families. To, and so um, really what we're seeing is kids with more intense issues. By the time we figure out that there is a need uh, for a family, the issues are more intense and, and the so interventions more severe yeah right. so we're trying to figure out as a, a larger system in ohio um, what does that look like what supports are needed for children and families uh, with this more intensity of, of of need so we're on the road to figure that out i love that well thank you both again so much for everything you're doing is there anything else you want to say or any shouts you want to make We are always looking (laughs) for foster parents of all ages and stages and also um, for people who are like foster parenting sounds like a really big leap. We're also always looking for what we call supporting the supporters. So um, sometimes foster parents need a break and, and so there's a role for any type of Um, volunteer or even just to spread the word that there is um, a a large need for people to care for children in our community and we'll make sure we put the links to your pages and everything in the description of this episode but is how do people find out more if they do want to volunteer they can always will, visit our website. I was going to say, we will link <laughs> yeah. that in the description. Yeah, so so BuckeyeRanch.org is our website. Um, and then um, they can always call us as well. And I don't have that number handy. <laughs> That's fine. We'll edit this part out. So take your time. <laughs> Should I get yeah. the number? So it's 1-800-296-5113. Or awesome. BuckeyeRanch.org. I appreciate it. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was the first segment for the Children of the Perfect Storm launch party. We will be dropping another future episode from this party in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned to hear more from this event.